if any moment in your mind that you've said that you've wanted to be a teacher, you should definitely do it. And you know, there's different avenues that you could take with teaching too. You know, you can go into admin at some points. You know, you can go into being a principal, or assistant principal. You could even be like a literacy coach. So there's lots of different things that you can kind of do once you get into it. You don't have to be like in the classroom like all the time. There's different aspects of it. But yeah, if you've thought about like doing it, I think you should definitely give it a try if you can. Honestly, it's so rewarding on a daily basis that you should definitely try it. This is Professional Confessionals. We're joined today by teacher Joe Patrick. Thanks so much for joining us, Joe. Great to be here. Let's dive right in. Tell us about your path to the present moment. I know that teaching is a second career for you. So tell us a little bit about what you were doing prior and what led you to want to become a teacher. So I guess I have to start off with the whole cliche that I've always wanted to be a teacher. When I left high school to go to college the very first time, I actually was going for education. So it's something that I've kind of always wanted to do. So prior, though, this I'm only in my third year teaching. So prior to this, I was corporate project manager for Bed Bath & Beyond for about 12 years And a lot of what I did there was actually training, so teaching. So I did a lot of uh, travel across the country. I I worked in a wedding and gift registry marketing side. So I I worked with the stores closely on um, setting up like uh, our, well, we call them fine china departments. So I would travel around the country and set up these departments for like 10 days, you know, a couple weeks during the summer. I would be gone like the whole summer, like back then. Was it fun to do? At first it was, yes. But then it just got very old, you know, like, I mean, because I would literally be gone almost the whole summer from about probably like June to like end of July-ish. So it just kind of got old, you know, and, it's, and nothing's, it, everything's the same. I mean, I hate to say that, even if you're in, you know, Dallas and or like, you know, Tennessee, like everything looks the same. It's all a strip mall and, you know, where we had our stores and things like that. And you're going from the hotel to the store. Correct. And then back to the hotel. So, you know, living out of a suitcase. So it really wasn't like, you know, you think of like traveling and like working, you know, it's like glamorous, but really, it really isn't, you know. So, yeah. So I think with Bed Bath & Beyond, mostly what I did was training. Like I would go and help set up these departments and I would hang around for a little bit and train the um, and employees and things like that. And I work closely with our vendors. So then I would kind of take vendor information. I would train our associates in the field on um, specific vendor items and things like that. So again, it's something I've always wanted to do. I did a lot of that through Bed Bath & Beyond. So I think the traveling and then just kind of like corporate world in general kind of burnt me out. You know, I was like, listen, I can't do this anymore. And I just decided like, I just quit. Like I couldn't, I really got so burnt out. I just had to like stop doing it. And I went back to school. A, I had to finish my BA. So I had to like go back and finish a little bit of my BA. And then I went right in and got my master's in education. And I've been teaching for three years now with the New York City Department of Education. And it's probably the best, the best and hardest decision I've ever made in my entire life. So best meaning like I finally get to really teach, but I mean, deciding to kind of like, leave what you were doing for so long and you're comfortable and I was making really great money. <laughs> that was like probably the hardest decision that I've had to like make. So would you say that you've had to pay your dues twice? Pay my dues twice. What do you mean by that? Well, when you first enter a field, you have to work your way up and you sort of doing the worst kind of work because the new person always gets the worst. Yes, I think I think so. I think 
if you're listening to this and you want to become a teacher, the first year is the worst. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. The first year is the worst because you are the new kid, so to speak, in the school. Most education programs, like teacher education programs, don't have you in the field as much. So I could tell you about my experience, but most of them, you're only in the field, like maybe 20 hours, like 30 hours, like throughout your whole like two or four year experience, whatever you're having. So you don't really get that experience in the classroom. So, yeah, you do. Yes. To answer your question. Yeah, I, I would. I would. If I had to really think about it. Yes, I probably did. The first year I started teaching, I was in the Bronx and really that was a, you know, pay my dues and really kind of it was a pretty tough school. And then even then going to a nice like posh Upper West Side public school, you know, I still you still have to pay your dues because you're you're the, again, the new person on a team that's been teaching with each other for, you know, seven, eight years that they it, you know runs like almost like a smooth machine. And then. I come and I'm, you know, don't know, you know, freaking like where anything is located, you know, and I'm like trying to find stuff like freaking out. So, yeah, definitely. What was it about the Bronx school that made it tough? Literally just the amount of kids that we had, you know, behavior, you know, it just I mean, everything that you could just kind of like in your mind when you picture about like a Bronx, like elementary school, uh, it's there, you know, I mean, kids like kidding each other in the middle of the hallway, you know, fourth graders, fifth graders like fighting and stuff like that. I, and I'll never forget this because I, I was there when Trump run the, won the election. And the next day, literally, it felt like someone died. Like, it felt like like your great grandmother, like somebody really close to you, like that everybody knew in the school died. There was there was n- like no behavior problems. It was just so silent. And the reality was that a lot of these kids, I mean, you remember and it's happening now, like my father might get taken away from me tomorrow and get sent back to like wherever we came from. Right. Like, I mean, that was their reality. They, they were not a lot of them were undocumented, you know, and it was it was really it was really sad, like really like coming in that next day and like and really kind of having to. And I guess that's another thing about teaching, too, like you're teaching, but then you're also like a counselor, too. Right. And I remember like just that whole kind of like week afterwards, you you know, because we really did have one girl that I really like touched. She really kind of understood what was going on. And like every day she'd like just start crying in the middle of the day. You know, we'd have to kind of just talk her, <laughs> talk her down, you know, and be like, we're not going to let that happen. Right. Like we're going to do everything we possibly can to like that won't happen to you and your family. Right. I don't know if that's true if we couldn't, but it was the only way to get through it, you know. So, yeah. So you would say a difficult transition into teaching then. Not difficult, but definitely not as easy as like you think it might be, right? You just kind of like walk in and you start teaching, like you went through all these courses. There's a lot that there's a lot that goes into it. You know, there's there's the planning aspect of it. And are you going to get along with your fellow teachers? You know, and, and my first year teaching, I was in a classroom where it's called ICT, which is integrated co-teaching. So I had a special ed teacher teaching with me. So, you know, she had like a kind of smaller group of like uh kids that were uh, considered like special ed kids. And then I had kind of the general population and, you know, I'm 49, you know, back then, whatever, I was a little bit younger, but she's a 20 something year old, you know, like, would we get along? Like, I mean, thank God, like we had an amazing year together. Um, We got along fantastic, but that's another thing. Like, are you going to fit in with everybody? Because when you're interviewing to go teaching, you're not, you're not meeting with the people that you're going to that you're going to teach with, you know, you're meeting with the principal and like maybe maybe a couple other teachers, like if it's a if it's a good school and, and they because I've been doing that lately. But you know, you're really just meeting with administration. 
So you're not even meeting with the people. And sometimes you don't even know what you're going to teach until like if you get hired, like we had a bunch of openings this year, very different grades, you know, and like it wasn't it wasn't until up until I think maybe two or three weeks, not even three, probably like a couple weeks before the school year started that we knew who we were getting to fill a position in the fifth grade. I mean, it's, you never know. You, you don't know what's going to happen. But you just I mean, me, like I'm just kind of open. I just kind of roll with it. You know. <laughs> What qualities do you think are necessary to work and thrive in this field? I think you definitely have to be open to kind of changes because it's different every day. Even though this is my third year teaching the same subject, it's different every day. You know, the kids are all different. You know, the, the, from year to year, the kids come in at different levels. You know, like we, we notice that this fifth, year, fifth grade for us this year they're a little bit lower than the past two years, you know, like, so we kind of have to uh, slow down like our teaching and our pacing and things like that. So I think you have to be able to kind of roll with the roll with it, you know, because even day by day, like there's some days that, you know, I'll be teaching and I have all this stuff planned and then we'll do a math lesson and realize that no one gets it, you know, (laughs) and like, so you have to spend like maybe like another extra period to kind of like do that, you know, I think also, too, you have to have some compassion. I think going back to, you know, my first year teaching and I think just in general, too, you have to have compassion. I mean, you know, I'm dealing with 10 year olds who can't really deal with their feelings that well, you know, and you have to kind of be able to understand that and kind of talk to them. So, yeah, you have to be kind of like that counselor and and ready to go. And you have to kind of be diplomatic, too, you know, because you have parents to deal with. You have other teachers to deal with an admin. I think you have, it's kind of all of that together. Because as a teacher, like you just said, there's there are all these different personalities that you have to navigate. It's not just the kids who oh, yeah, you're no, spending a bulk of your day with, but it's all of the other. Personalities. It's, it's, all, it's all the other things. And, and I'm on like so many different committees this year. Like, I mean, it's crazy, like all the extra stuff that I'm doing. So I'm working with parents and, you know, you. Sometimes parents can be a little crazy, right? I mean, I mean, you know that. I mean, and you. I've been that person. <laughs> and as a teacher, like you want to just kind of say, you know what, simmer down, right? You know, like it, it's it's not it's not so black and white, right? But and but you have to be diplomatic and kind of like roll, you know, like you know, say what they want to hear, but in your mind, going, you know, it'll never happen that way, you know, like just it's not reality, you know. So you have to you have to be able to kind of work with people like that the kids, admin, like everybody, definitely. And the parents, you know, especially if it's their first kid, they're still, this is new every grade, every year that they're dealing with their child at the different ages. It's a new experience for them too. And, and they're also insecure about it, I think. And they're trying to do the best they can for their kid. And I think that's part of it. They're high anxiety levels. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and you know, in, in the city, it's even it's even more anxiety because, you know, getting into middle school and like, you know, fourth grade test scores, you know, determine where you're going to go to middle school. And it's, applying for middle school in the city is like applying for like college. It's insane. The pressure that the kids have to go through. I have a student that has gone through eight because she's doing private school interviews. She's gone through like eight private school interviews so far this year. And they all go on tours and like, and, you know, they all want to go like the best, like even like the lowest kids want to go like the best, you know, middle school. And you're like, uh, yeah, I'd love for you to go there, but it's not going to work for you, you know. But like, they, they all have this like this mindset that like I'm going to go to, you know, Booker T. That's like our big schools. So, I mean, it's crazy. You know, so the parents do and the kids have a lot of pressure 
on that. So, so yeah. Are those schools desirable because they're, they're so much better than the other ones that are less desirable? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but yeah, I mean, the curriculum and just the rigor and, and they really do get them set up for like high school and, and beyond. You know, we always laugh and we say that our, my principal always says like our school is like the, the gateway to Harvard. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny. I mean. And honestly, and that helps, though, too. Like our administration is fantastic. I mean, they're very supportive, you know, and you're not always going to get that when you go into this profession. So that's one of those things that you really have to kind of weave your way in and out, you know, and especially if they're not going to support you. Like, how do you support yourself, you know, and the kids so that you don't get kind of like burned out? But our administration is so they just they watch our backs. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but they really do. They have our backs. They like they they kind of take care of like the crazy parents sometimes so that we don't even have to like deal with them, you know, and they really just kind of support us like all the time. So that helps a lot. So it's hit or miss when you apply for a job in a in a large system. You don't know where you're going to be placed. And so potentially. Well, not really, because you do you do apply for the school itself. So you do have some leverage for that. And that's another thing. It's really, it's very hard to get a job. Like I didn't get my first job until, well, we start in September. So I don't think, I didn't get hired into the DOE system until probably like mid-August. Like I was freaking out. I'm like, here I am. Like I freaking left my job. I went to school and it's mid-August. I don't have a freaking job. Like what am I going to do? Like I was really like worried. And you know, I went to like several like job fairs, like DOE do- job fairs and things like that. So that was very stressful too. not not being able to find a job right away because I sent out resumes and things like that, but never heard back from anybody. And, it, and it's almost I mean, I hate to say it, it's almost like who, you know, like that works at a school. So like the school that I'm at now, I got that job because one of the girls that I went to grad school with, that was her first teaching job. And she's like, the school's amazing. When something opens up, you have to come and work there. So that was very stressful to like go through. I mean, I've been working since I was able to work, you know, I mean, since I had working papers, you know, and what is what is that like 13 or whatever, you know, so not having a job like was really like freaking me out, like going into like the school year. So you graduated in the early summer. Yes. And then or or earlier than that. Yeah. June. Yeah. So you it was only a month or two, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but 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 think about it though. Like I'm like that's the job I wanted, right? Like I just graduated with my master's with the intent of like teaching. And prospects were starting to look dim. Yeah, most definitely. Like I I would send out resumes, never heard back from schools, and you can't just like walk into a school. It just doesn't work that way. Like it, it's it's very strange, you know. And it, there's a there's an online system that you could look at where there it gets a little bit easier. Like if you're already a teacher. I think the schools just don't want to hire like a new teacher. Like, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. Right. So I was a brand new teacher. And even though I'm older than other brand new teachers, right, I'm 20 years older than all those other people. Like, but they don't know that, like, right, like looking at me, hopefully they could kind of figure it out through my resume. But yeah, it's a lot of it's like who, you know, and, and whatnot. So back to the point of like, you don't know what you're going to get. You do kind of once you're kind of in the system and you start interviewing that way. Right. So like if I was at a school and so the school that I was going to go to the school that I'm in now, you know, I did go and interview with them and I happen to like love 
the feeling that I got from them, right? So it's just like a normal interview, you know, when you're going to go work for another corporation. If you if you feel like you have a connection with them, you know, like knock on wood, that it's going to be a, a, a good fit, right? But you don't you don't know exactly. But, you know, I kind of knew like going into it. And like, like I said, my friend was there already. So I knew already that it was an amazing school. How do you think your profession has changed you? I'm a little bit more patient than I think I used to be. I mean, you, you kind of have to be. How has it changed me? Wow. I think I just kind of think about things a little bit more. Like I think I think the world a little bit more, right? And how it kind of fits into like what my kids are going to have to, my students are going to have to kind of experience, right? And I think that's actually one thing that I think as a benefit of going into teaching as an older person, I think I have an advantage of that too, though, right? I've got a lot of life experience. What's your favorite aspect of teaching? I love it when there's that like aha moment when they when they have that moment you know I just had a small one like the other yesterday morning I, I had a I pulled like a group of students during math and you know we kind of worked some one-on-one and they're like oh I, I got it you know and, and that's like the beginning of the year right but like just like when they when at in the middle of the year or towards the end of the year when they're like oh I I get it now, right? Like, I, I understand, like, what we were doing all year long. Like, this is the reason why we're doing it, right? And I actually just saw a student of mine from last year who was not, a, I shouldn't say not a good math person, but she really was not a good math person. She hated math and whatnot. And she, I saw her on the street and she's, and I was like, oh, how is it? How is middle school? And she's like, it's great. I'm like, oh, what, what's your favorite subject? She goes, she goes, I love math. I said, what? I'm like, you love math? And she's like, yeah, she's like, the math teacher is so great. And, and, you know, so, I mean, hopefully like, I mean, I don't know if maybe I had a, a role in that, like, you know, a tiny bit. I mean, I'm not going to take credit for it, but it's it was great to, like, see that, too. Like, you know, she found a reason to like something that she never liked before. Right. So that was great to see that. But definitely just that the kind of like when they have that aha moment about, oh, I, I get something right. Or and just the growth like that's that's the wonderful thing It's just from like now until like the end of the school year, um, especially when you see it from kids that you don't really expect a lot of it and you see like this huge growth we get the state test scores um kind of like we get them like late september like october you know like for the year before so i remember like going through like the test scores and and seeing this other girl that i had last year who got amazing math score and i was like holy crap i'm like i can't believe she got that score but and that was a that was such a great feeling too like i was like wow like because she struggled a lot until like really kind of like mid almost you know three quarters throughout the year where she just finally got like in the groove of it you know so but so to see her do so well on that and i remember like i i saw her and her mother walking across the street and I, you know, you know, Broadway, right? Because it has that big, big, like mall kind of like in the middle, you know, and I, I was walking and we were kind of like both on the mall and, and, and I, I ended up like stopping her, you know, and I started like telling and her mom doesn't speak a lot of English. And, but I, and her mother like loved me. <laughs> I don't know why, but you know, and, and I said, Fran, I said, I saw your test scores. And I said, you got almost a three in math. And, and, and she goes, me? 
I was like, I know, isn't that amazing? And and I'm like beaming. I actually had like tears in my eyes a little bit. And her mother was like beaming. And her mother like made her take out like this this other thing that she just got back from school that she's like, show him the show him the eight plus the hundred percent, you know. And she's like making her take out stuff. But like that was such a great moment, right? You know, to have like just randomly like on the street, but to be able to share that and and see like the mom like beaming, you know, and and the the student who is not, you know, she's just kind of you know blah you know she's you know just her personality wise too like she was just kind of like a you know kind of like a even like person even student you know so that that's what's fun and rewarding i think so we we can check you off as someone who finds their career fulfilling right oh my god yeah definitely like i said i mean it was the best hardest decision but the best decision i think i've ever i've definitely ever made like i'm so happy even like going into it as old as I am, like I really don't regret going into it like this late. So is there anything that surprised you about the teaching profession, something that you didn't know? Well, no, not really. I think because so the the program that I went through with Hunter um, College, the master program that I went to, it was the second year for it. It was they called it the clinically rich cohort. So it was a small group of us, a cohort of 10 students. And we had our classes at Hunter Monday and Tuesdays during the day, which most master's programs are at night and you kind of you know do it at, um, after work and stuff like that. So this program, we had our classes Monday and Tuesday during the day. And then since the first day of the school year, we were placed in a New York City public school. So Wednesday and Thursday, we spent our, our whole, the whole day in the school from September all the way till the end of the school year. I mean, I, I would say till the end of the school year, but technically we didn't have to. Like if we if our semester of our academic year was over in May, you know, we didn't have to go back to our public school, but I say the whole year. And so that was what was, I think, helpful for me. And I think just it, my cohort in general, because we knew what we were getting into. There really weren't that many kind of like surprises, right? Because we knew how to set up a, we knew how to set up a classroom. We knew like the benefits of planning. Because I remember the first year, I my first year in my, we just called it student teaching, but my first year, like my my teacher would kind of stroll in at like you know like ten to eight, and I I'd be like, what are we doing today? And she's like, oh, we might do this, we might do that, you know, and like it would stress me out like not knowing like what was going to happen. And it's funny because like the kids know like when you don't have anything planned, like they're like. They totally sense it, you know, and and there was always like some sort of like a behavior problems, not like the the great term for it. But the kids knew and like the kids were always like off every once in a while. Right. When she wasn't like completely like planned, like for the day. So because it's an opportunity to waste classroom time. <laughs> totally. I mean, the kids sense that. <laughs> so they, you they, know. Know, they totally they totally sense it. You know, even like I told you, I'm on all these committees. So there's uh, once a month, you know, I have like a 730 in the morning uh, meeting. So I don't have a lot of time to kind of like prep and prep just meaning like putting up like with the schedule for the day you know like I don't have a lot like I get into the school and like I kind of have to go right to my meeting so even those mornings are like a little more rowdy than like normally would be because I'm not like 100% like set up for the day so I think that program helped us a lot I think the only thing that might have been surprising would be like different parents like dealing with how the levels you know within the parent community um dealing with that yeah are there any misconceptions that you'd like to dispel? 
<laughs> yes, we don't stop working at three o'clock when the kids go home. <laughs> and we do, it, honestly, we don't, we, we don't like I, I spend, I think now that I'm my third year in the same grade, I do it less, but you know, like I would, you come home at three o'clock, you leave the school at three o'clock or sometimes I don't leave till like four ish, you know, four thirty ish. Cause you're kind of wrapping up the day, but we don't, we don't just kind of like stop at three o'clock. We're grading papers, um, you know, I've got literally piles of essays at home right now that I have to read and grade. You know, I've got piles of stuff sitting on my desk that because you know, it's kind of like we're finally did all our first like assessments and stuff like that. So there's literally piles of stuff waiting. So and, you know, tomorrow, it's Saturday, today, tomorrow, Sunday, I'll spend my day planning and like grading that stuff. So and that's kind of like my routine is kind of like, you know, we'll do kind of fun stuff on Saturday and then Sunday, I do a bulk of my planning and like preparing for the week. Um, but like I said, I think teaching the same grade helps a little bit because I don't have to, you know, I don't have to kind of start from scratch. I have kind of everything there, but you have to change a little bit based on the kids that I have this year. So there's always some sort of like tweaking going on. But yeah, I think that's the biggest misconception, you know, is that people are like, oh, the kids leave at three, you get to go home at three and you got summers off and, you know, and summers off is great. You know, like I'm I'm lucky to be able to enjoy my summers off. Right. I don't have to kind of work. I don't have to get a, a second job. But a lot of people, a lot of people do. I, I know my cousin and she's sort of maybe a little bit of the reason why I got into teach, wanted to teach too. my cousin taught for the Cleveland City Schools for like 30 years or so in special ed. And she she would have always have to work. You know, she she always had like a summer job and stuff like that. And and sometimes even like picked up like holiday jobs because it doesn't pay. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, if there's one profession that should pay more, it's teaching. I mean, it's insane, like how much teachers make, you know, I mean, we should be making a lot more for what we do. And and, you know, there's school districts across the country that have to kind of supplement supplies and things like that. I'm lucky. I mean, we're lucky in New York. I mean, we do get this kind of like a our school has a good, a decent amount of supplies, but we get a little bit of money every year to kind of buy some extra stuff that we might need. But I'm always buying stuff. And, you know, even like in the Bronx, you know, like I bought tons of stuff, you know, and and even even I definitely in the Bronx. And it's funny because I just picked up some today for one of my students, like just like food. You know, I always had like, you know, like breakfast stuff, you know, in my closet, you know, for students that might not have eaten that morning and stuff like that. I just picked up some stuff this morning because I know, you know, that one kid that doesn't really have that at home um, often. So, yeah, it's, that's that's I think the mis- misconception, right? Like, I mean, it's not we don't stop working at three o'clock and we should get paid more <laughs> <laughs> and across what, the board. And what you do get paid, you have to use some of that. To supplement a lot of a lot of a lot of people do. Yeah, a lot of people do. I think, you know, I think, again, depending on where you are, you know, I can't speak for everywhere. I mean, we're lucky in the city that we do have a little little bit of, you know, supply. We have great supply system in the city and stuff like that. But yeah, you do have to supplement it, you know, definitely. So one shouldn't go into it if they want to make a lot of money. Oh, my God, no. It's not for the money. No, no, no. It's definitely not for the money. I mean, when I when I when I was going into it, Matt's like, "You're kidding me, right? You're going to leave this job that you make this much money to make this much money, and you're probably going to be doing twice as much work." And I'm like, "Yeah," and I think that's what made it so hard, right? I'm like, I'm making you know like almost a hundred grand, you know, like you know at this office job, and I'm going to go make sixty thousand dollars, like even less than that, right? In the city, we get paid quite a bit, right? 
you know, although up here they make good money. Too, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you don't you definitely don't go in it for the money. I've never heard anybody say that they're going to go in it for money. Like it's impossible. Like the, you don't you don't get paid enough. Right. And again, if you're supplementing it, the stuff that you need in your classroom, you go into it because you want to go into it. Right. It's 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 something that's in you that you it's this drive. Right. That you want to go in there and 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 there's personal satisfaction there, which I'm hearing was not in the previous position, at least not after. Not after so many years. Right. I think in the beginning, it definitely, you know, like, uh, but after a while, just, you know, it's, it's not there. Right. You don't get the recognition that you think you deserve, you know, and but here, you know, you get recognition from 30 bodies every day. Right. Like you get you, like everyone, you know, like even the kid that, you know, is kind of a pain in the ass, you know, like still says, you know, oh, like, you know, thanks or something like that or will like give you some sort of indication that they learned something that day. Right. So you're always getting kind of that that feedback and that well, not feedback, but that that reinforcement that like, oh, I did something today that actually made a difference. Right. And what a positive difference a teacher can make in the world over time with these classes of large numbers of people, of these kids that you're lending your talents, your teaching abilities, your guidance to to help them in their lives. Yeah. I, yes. Thank you for acknowledging that. <laughs> so you, you've shared some of your bright and proudest moments, I think. Tell us about some of your biggest disappointments. It's the kids that don't get it. You know, like even though you're, you're trying so hard that they, they don't get it. And it, it might be something that it's not even something that you can control. Maybe it's something from their, their world alone, you know, like at the, their, what's going on at home or something like that. I think that's probably the hardest thing, you know, in the city we've got and in our school um, as well, we get a lot of kids from the shelter. So, you know, there's a lot of um, outside stuff going on in the world that you can't control, you know, You'd love for them to be at school every day, but, you know, if mom doesn't want to get up and, you know, and you're living in temporary housing in the Bronx and you have no choice but to stay home. Right. So like, I think those are some of the those are some of the disappointments. Definitely. Yeah. If, it, if a lesson doesn't go the way you planned, you know, like that's a little bit of a disappointment, but whatever. There's always tomorrow for that. Right. But I think the biggest disappointment is just not those kids that don't have like what they really need to kind of succeed like 100%, right? You know, and you you try to give them as much as you can to do that to kind of let them know, you know, like what's out there for them. It's just a matter if it's going to happen or not, you know, so you just kind of have to, you know, cross your fingers and, and, and hope for the best for them. If you could change any aspect of it, what would you change? Change any aspect of teaching? Yes. <laughs> I think for I'm just going to say money, like for just in general, for the career itself, like across the across the country. I think that I think that's something that I would change. I think changing people's perspective of it too, like thinking, you know, we don't we go home at three o'clock, you know, and then that's it. We're done. You know, I would love to be able I would love to be able to change that. I, I think also, too, I mean, not to get I don't want to talk too much about, but like the testing and stuff like that, like the state tests, like they're I mean, they're a little crazy and I'm not quite sure what the what the point a hundred percent of the point of them is. I, I do understand what they're for a little bit, but I don't think they're kind of like the be all end all of what, you know, some kids are like really like capable of, you know, especially, I mean, we have some kids that, cause you know, there's no time limit. I mean, we have kids that take the test all day long. I'm like, that's freaking ridiculous. And I even say that to them, like going into the test, I'm like, there's zero reason why you should be taking this test all day long. 
Like, why are you stressing yourself out? If you don't know how to do something, walk away. Like, it's not the end of the world, right? I mean, like, you're 10 years old. Like, this isn't something that's going to, like, you know, be with you forever, right? So I think that's something that I would change, too. How I would change it, I have absolutely no idea. But I, that's something that I would definitely, I think it could use some revamping. The quality of the tests, in your opinion, aren't really capturing the true level of the students? No, I don't. Not not everybody, I don't think, because I, I kids are just get freaked out by a test. Right. And you and we not we, but we, you know, like I think just in general, like, you know, their parents, us as teachers, sometimes we put so much emphasis on this thing. Right. Like a lot of schools like stop teaching. Right. And we start teaching just like test prep. You know, we don't do that, thank God, at our school that much. But that's it. Like, they're not for everybody. Like, not everybody's like a perfect test taker, right? I mean, that's why it was wonderful to see this one girl get that higher math score. Like, I would never have thought that she would have gotten that. But clearly, she learned throughout the year and she kind of applied all that stuff, right? But that that doesn't happen. Even though, like, I, you could have a kid that's doing great, they sit down for a test that they have to sit there for a couple hours. Like, they're going to get burnt out. So... There's got to be like a way to kind of just kind of as the year goes through to do like smaller assessments of really where they are at that particular moment. Not, you know, whatever. When do we do the test? Like in May, April, May. But I don't know. Well, I mean, it's it's a thing. Not all kids are good test takers yeah. and it doesn't really measure their abilities. So it's unfortunate that that is the setup. I feel like I know the answer to this question, but I'm going <laughs> to ask it anyway. <laughs> Would you recommend it to people suited to it? Oh, yeah, definitely. If any moment in your mind that you've said that you've wanted to be a teacher, you should definitely do it. You don't have to do it for life, I don't think. I mean, I think you should definitely try because, you know, I remember the first year that I was teaching, people didn't make it. Like they left, you know, part of that was just kind of like where we were, like in the Bronx and like our admin and stuff like that. But some people just they, they weren't cut out to do it, you know. But I think if you've had an inclination to do it, like you've kind of thought about it, you should definitely do it. I think so. And if, and if you have the means to do it, right, if you can go back to school and kind of or, you know, get the degree to do it and whatnot, you should definitely do it. And, you know, there's different avenues that you could take with teaching, too. You know, you can go into admin at some points. I mean, you have to get another certificate for that, but you, know, you can go into being a, a principal, a system principal. You could even be like a literacy coach. So there's lots of different things that you can kind of do once you get into it. You don't have to be like in the classroom like all the time, right? You know, you could be an ESL teacher that sees kids in their own little room like every all day long. There's different aspects of it that you can kind of think about going into as well. But yeah, if you've thought about like doing it, I think you should definitely give it a try if you can. Honestly, it's so rewarding on a daily basis that you should definitely try it. (laughs) Knowing what you know now, is there anything you would do differently? So personally, no, I don't believe in that. Like my life has kind of like taken a path that I think it was supposed to take. How do you like the other people in the profession? The people that I teach with in my school? Yeah, the other teachers, the administration, the people you work with, your colleagues, are they... These are other people that are attracted to this profession, and I imagine definitely there are you know certain qualities that they all share. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's that's the beauty of it too, right? That's the kind of like the the great thing about it is that we're all there for the same purpose, right? And we all have the same goal in mind. So yes, definitely, and we all share the same frustrations. You know, like we sit there during lunchtime and bitch about other kids, or we'll go out for drinks on Friday night. You know, and kind of like 
bitch about like other teachers or bitch about, you know, like the admin or something like that. But yeah, you're right. Like we're all doing it. We're there for a purpose, right? We all chose to like do this. So it helps. I mean, obviously everybody has issues like with some colleagues, you know, but the overall thing is like we're all there for the same purpose, not like in an office building where we're all trying to get the next promotion or, you know, the next big client or something like that, you know, there we're there for the kids, right? So it definitely helps. What specific advice would you give to someone who's considering a career in teaching? I would try to find a program that gets you in the school as much as possible as you're going through the program so that you really figure out if you really like it or not. I remember, I think our cohort actually did start off with like 12 or 13 people. And as we kind of got into it, like we did lose a couple. I know one was like some sort of health issue, but I do, I do remember losing like two, we lost two people from our cohort because they just didn't like it. They realized, you know what? Not for me. So that's that would be my advice is to find a program where you can get into the school as much as you possibly can while you're doing your coursework. And I think talking to talking to teachers as well. And, and you know, the whole time I was trying to do this, uh, thinking about doing this, uh, my neighbor is a teacher and he's been teaching for a long time. And he actually did not the same thing I did, but he was a career changer. He worked for IBM for a long time. And, you know, he teaches high school science. You know, as I was kind of trying to make the decision, I would had I would have conversations with them like, sh- like, should I do it? Like, did you, did you ever regret doing it? You know, and he he did kind of help me make help me make my decision as well, you know, and seeing my cousin, too, I think, for all those years of like just hearing her kind of like talk about her students and, you know, how special they were to her. And I mean, sometimes it's like kind of annoying, like hearing all the stories, but, you know, <laughs> which I don't do. Like, I'm actually pretty good at that. I don't like sit there and like tell like stories about like, oh, you share what this like this one did today, you know, because I think I, I could do that all day long. Because you mentioned earlier about the programs that sometimes the programs don't put you in the classroom for very much time at all, and it doesn't really prepare you well. I think you have to ask questions. Like if you if you can't get into a program like that, you have to put yourself out there and, and ask questions and 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 get involved. You know, I I was a substitute teacher here. Like I know your girls from substitute teaching and and half the neighborhood right from sub, subbing up here. So I think that got me in, into the schools and taught me a little bit more of like how a school runs and things like that. So if you can do that, that would be that's a great thing too. And you actually make great money, you know, like on the side. So. That would be helpful as well. But I think just you really just kind of getting the information, like getting in there and like asking questions on your own if you don't have a program like the one that I went through. And yeah, and that could be someone from the college, like working you know closely with an advisor or, you know, just working with the school in your neighborhood or something like that. You know, I just had a visiting a woman who's going back for her master's. I think I think it is through Hunter. This is the second time she was in my classroom last year for a day. And then she came just this week and she was so grateful. You know, she's like, she's because she didn't have that program. Right. So she's like, she's I was just like cold calling schools. She's like, can I come in, you know, and and do some classroom observations? You know, and I'm like, wow, I can't I can't imagine like having to do that. So, you know, she was very grateful that we opened up our doors to her, you know, and 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 showed her like what life was like in the classroom for. But again, that's like. What was she? She was in my classroom for four hours, right? You know, in mine. And then she went to another one. But still, that's that's, you know, 16 hours for the two times we saw her. I mean, I don't know what else she did after that, but we saw her twice. And it was, you know, a matter of just like two days. So that's not really a lot 
to the kind of like let you know what's going to happen like in the classroom too small of a sample way too small a sample like you have, you have no you have no idea like what it's like and honestly just just setting up the classroom in the beginning of the year takes a long time you know like having knowing like what to do you know i it, it, it takes a lot. And, and we were lucky enough to have that with that cohort that I was in. But still, again, if you're not in that, like asking the questions, you know, like how do because they don't teach you that. I'm going to be honest. They don't they don't teach you. They don't. And they don't even like you don't even get taught like like how to teach. Like you kind of kind of get the science of like 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 what you're doing. You know, I mean, I think the cohort that we had was more learning how to teach like especially math we had amazing math professors that were fantastic that really showed us different ways of doing it but um yeah i'm sure like in a regular like education program you don't like learn like how to teach right you know i mean i we did a lot but i'm sure that doesn't happen like so yeah and and something else that probably anyone coming into the field may not be aware of is not only do you have to set up your classroom at the beginning of the school year, but you also have to take it down at the end of the year, right? <laughs> you do have to take it down at the end of the year, yes. And move everything out of the room. Well, if for- you're lucky, if you're lucky, you don't have to do that. I mean, if you're if you're staying in the same grade and you and you're gonna go back to that same room, like that's you don't have to. But yeah, like yeah, taking it down though and like putting it away correctly, like so that the next year you don't. And it's funny because that's. I was kind of like done really quick this year and my principal walked in and she goes, she goes, wow, you're done already. And and she looks at me, she goes, well, she's like, you put everything away where the right way, like at the end of the school year, because she came into my room, you know, so she knew that I was ready to go. Like I, I didn't just throw, like throw everything like on the back counter and stuff like that. I actually like cleaned up and organized and whatnot. So that's, a, that's another thing you have to be really organized because there's just always like paperwork and, and just, and organize just like knowing like what kid is doing what, right? And kind of knowing, I think that's probably a misconception too, is like everybody thinks that you have whatever here, 17, 20 kids in a classroom, but you know, we have like 30 and you, you, you know, they're all different, right? I mean, literally every single one of them is different. Not one of them is, is the same. So you have to kind of know like, how do you approach each one of these kids? You know, how do you teach 30 different bodies, you know, sometimes you're lucky enough that you we do have like little groups that we can kind of put together that they're close enough that like one thing will work for them. But sometimes, you know, there's, you know, seven kids that need something a little bit more than the rest of the the rest of the classroom. So it's 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 very hard. It, that's the hard part. And and not having enough time like there's there's not enough time. And we're actually finding that out this year. Funny enough, a little bit more. The school is put taking on some extra things that we're doing, but we as a as a gray team are trying to kind of like put more into it, too. So we're but now we're like there's not enough time to like do everything that we need to do. Right. And we, we just realized report cards come out in about three weeks. We're like, crap, like we haven't even like started to like think about that. Right. You know, because <laughs> we're so used to it. We just want to get through kind of our day and like get kind of like on track, you know, because we don't want to lose the momentum of what we're doing. So definitely not enough time either. So. You need an incredible memory for detail, it sounds like, just to keep track of the kids, especially if, oh, yeah, definitely. if it's a large class like yours. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's all about, uh, you know, checklists and, you know, kind of keep t- taking notes. Like I always have a notebook every year, like brand new notebook that I'll just, I jot down notes on. Kind of keeps me informed of like what, what I notice, even like behavior, like it helps, you know, with parent conversations, but just just noting what 
you know, if they had that aha moment, like, okay, finally they got it now. And so they should be able to do the next step. Right. So yeah. Well, it sounds like never a dull moment and, and boredom is not part of the equation. (laughs) Definitely, (laughs) definitely, definitely not. I wish it was every once in a while, but definitely, definitely not. (laughs) Well, for those kids without a neighbor, who's a teacher to ask, I think you can be their substitute on this podcast. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I, I hope I've given some, you know, pearls of wisdom out there, you know, that someone will grasp onto. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, you've, let, you've let them see through your eyes. Okay. It's a wonderful gift that you've given. Thank Good. you so much. Thank you. Thank you so My much pleasure. for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for listening. To hear more and subscribe, visit our website, professionalconfessionals.com. You can find Professional Confessionals on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts.